This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Hello, this is Dr. Heidi Horsley, host of the Open to Hope show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. And I'm here today in the studio in New York City with my co-host and mom, Dr. Gloria Horsley. Hi, Mom. Hi, Heidi. Well, it's fun being in the studio with you. I love it. And I love seeing Larry, the guy who owns the studio. It's really amazing. And I'm particularly happy because we're going to have one of our friends and one of the people we know through the years in the grief and loss world on the show today. Absolutely. She's been on our show before, and she's written a fabulous book, and she has a lot of good tips and tools for all of you out there on how to not only survive a loss, but how to thrive after loss. So, Mom, I will introduce her. Uh, Her name is Rachel Kadanis, and today, as I said, we are talking about living with loss one day at a time. Rachel has been speaking passionately to national audiences for over 20 years, addressing all aspects of loss, change, and growth that comes with embracing life's challenges those expected and unexpected. Her books, Living with Loss One Day at a Time and Grief in the Workplace, A Comprehensive Guide for Being Prepared, have received international acclaim. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Well, thank you. I'm so excited to be back with you guys again. It's been a while. I know. It's so much fun. I wish you were in the studio. Last time I think we saw you at Soaring Spirits Foundation, Michelle Neff's Foundation. I believe so. Yeah. Are you still presenting it there? I am, and I'll be going out there in August um, to Camp Widow, San Diego. Fantastic. Michelle's an amazing person. Well, I'm really excited about uh, your new book. You've been around promoting it, huh? Yes, I have. Actually, it's been a wonderful experience for me. It's changing my trajectory a little bit. Ah, so living loss one day at a time. How so has it changed your perspective? Because, um, as you guys know, but your your audience probably doesn't know, I come from business. Um, my background is um, business in large corporations. And when my husband suddenly passed away when I was 31, uh, I kind of, over the years, have changed a little bit towards helping others with grief and loss and especially in the workplace. And what's really changed with this book is being with a business mindset. I've been a one, three, five-year strategic plan person of what I'm going to do with my life. Mm. And now it's one day at a time. Wow, that's interesting because I'm a big five-year planner, and I'm kind of getting down to that, too. You know, it's interesting you're talking about being in the work world. I'm sure you've been following Sheryl Sandberg's uh, Option B. Her new book yeah. came out just recently, and uh, that uh, talking about widowhood, I'm blown away because uh, she wrote that book after— she's got to have been working on it after two years, and she's around uh, after three years.H uh, Wow. Uh, that's that's seems pretty. All I can say, pretty early to me, but you know, everybody has their own. In my trajectory. world, well, she, of course she has help, but in my world, I just thrilled that somebody that has a voice that people will listen to is out there promoting what you and I that you know we have worked on for so long. But she, you know, she's got the media's attention, so I think it will help everybody. And I love her concentration on people not knowing what to do for their loved ones. So yeah. to help the survivors, I like her little uh, what she's chosen to to put her energy into. Uh, I agree with you, Rachel. And and you know she said something. I just watched a little YouTube of her a clip uh, this morning, and I thought of you because she said she was so devastated when her her husband died suddenly, and she was young as you were, and 
She said, but the biggest thing that she was terrified about was how do you help your children? How did she help her kids? How was she going to help her kids, you know, with this loss? And I was wondering if that, if some of that resonates with you. I mean, how old were your kids when your husband died? So my daughter, I have one child, and she was mm -hmm. two. It was five days after her second wow. birthday. And I believe in my heart of hearts. But then, again, this is 25. We just celebrated our 25th anniversary. Mm -hmm. I believe that we have a different bond because of what happened. Yeah. And one couldn't look at gifts of grief back then. Mm -hmm. you know. But as you look at the years, and, of course, we're going to spin the story any way that it works for us. And I do think that we're tighter because of it, not worth a loss. But it was hard, especially when she was, like, little, little. Because people, when she would tell people, you know, when people said, how come your daddy doesn't ever come to anything? And she said, my daddy died. They didn't believe her because that was, that only happened to Bambi, right? Right, mm -hmm. right. Exactly. And I love that you say that you got a tight bond because I'm always telling parents, you know, it's, you need to go to your kids and say to us, say to them after a loss, look, we're going to get through this together. We're going to get through it. We're going to, we don't, maybe we don't know how right now, but we're a unit and we're going to stick together and get through it because you don't want anyone to ever feel like they're on their own and alone. I agree. And actually, one of my shockers of my book that I didn't see coming was the way it's formatted of 365, what I call lessons and thoughts. It is open dinner time table conversations to families that don't know what to say to their kids if they have lost a parent or even lost a sibling. So every day I offer some idea of a, a suggestion of, of just conversation and thoughts so people are using it at the dinner table every night, and they're writing notes in it. I, I didn't see that coming, but I didn't realize how much it would help the family unit. I love this idea. So, what are the, some of the what's some of the advice that you're telling the the families? So it's really about each day I talk about something. Some days I'm really nice to the readers, and I tell them they should sit on the you know the couch, have, have a soothing cup of tea, eat bonbons, and and read <laughs> you know trashy magazines. And other days I tell them they need to get up and get out and have one meal you know a day outside of the house because if they make the plan, if they execute the plan, if they you know go and meet with somebody on their way home, they'll say, oh that wasn't so bad. I could do it tomorrow. But specifically for families, I suggest that play hooky today and go to a movie. And what I've learned and, and talking to families, that it gives the opportunity, okay, what well, if dad was alive, what movie would we get, go to? Or if Bobby was alive, what movie would we go to? And then once they choose the movie, do you think he would have liked that movie? And what character that, you know, and just starts a conversation. So the conversation isn't always, how are you doing today? It's really building that, rebuilding the bonding of the family without asking, how are you today? I love this idea, don't you, Mom? I do, too. I think it's great. I was just thinking... Uh, of expanding it to friends, too, because they don't know what to say. And if they had something you could say to your friend 365 days a year or something that you can do. You know, uh, I was interested in your idea of doing a movie or something because when Heidi and I were working with 9-11 families, we found that the number one thing that families liked was permission to have family fun time. And mm -hmm. that's kind of what you give them. I do try to just to talk about everything. I mean, you guys know you have your own hardships in your family. Is that often we people shy away from talking about it? And that's actually something that Cheryl Sandberg said too. Is that people try to you know avoid the situation or they stumble on what to say. So I like giving ideas because it's not just 
it is what it is, and the person that is grieving lives it every day, and you bringing it up as an outsider doesn't change that you've been thinking about it every single day. I mean, you guys are into your 20 years, too, and and you're, I mean, don't you think about it every day? More like 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do, but, yeah. you know, we think about uh, and laugh a lot because we think about some yes. of the things that uh, remind us of Scott, and uh, and they make us happy. Absolutely, and, and sometimes you think about it more than others. I mean, we saw a play on Broadway yesterday called Dear Evan Hansen, and that right. is about a, a teenager, a 17-year-old that takes mm-hmm. his life. And it definitely talks about grief and loss and hope and healing and the whole family dynamic and the friend dynamic. And it, it touched a lot on my own loss with my brother. So it was interesting. And I was really glad to see that Broadway was tackling this topic. Well, I really like, actually, as we segue there, I just like that so many more people are. And again, what Cheryl said, and it's just been my whole thing about grief in the work, workplace, it's not about the griever. It's about the coworkers, managers, and HR that have to deal with the griever. Mm-hmm. And that's the, some of the things that she said as well, is that when people say to you, what can I do for you? Boy, if I knew what you could do for me, I'd tell you, but I have no idea. I'm new to this too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And sometimes... So uh... I think I just, I like when, then, when media is talking about it, when Broadway's talking about it, I think it'll make it a much better place for all of us to live life the way it should be lived. I was kind of amused. I was reading a review of Dear Evan Hansen, though, and it didn't mention that the kid committed, you know, died by suicide, which I thought was interesting. They uh, talked about social media and, and how, you know, about the play, but they did not mention that. So I think that our public still has uh, trouble talking about grief, even when the, the theme of the show has it in there. Wow, that's interesting. Very interesting. Now, does your book have any religious message? I try to not talk religion because I think it's a personal, but what I do mention in one of my days, because every day is different, and one of my days I ask the question, where did, you know, why did I lose faith in religion? And I talk a little bit about how, you know, we all believe something differently and that whether you find it again or not doesn't really matter as long as you believe in something. Mm-hmm. And and also, I think that is uh, sometimes people can look back to the faith of their childhood if they haven't connected with it for a long time, and maybe it can or cannot be consoling to them. But, but I've got to right. ask. And people, I've got to ask both of you a sorry. question on this because I've really it's really been I've been stuck. I have a couple of clients right now, and I'm in a private psychology practice in New York City, who have had the death of children in their lives, and they don't believe in anything. They have no belief at all, and it's it's creating a lot of turmoil for them. And I'm not sure at this point how to what to do with that. Mm-hmm. So I've heard, I've walked this journey before with other people, and to talk to them. And when you say don't believe in anything, just don't believe in any kind of faith, or don't believe in mankind. They have or no idea where their children are, and that's creating a lot of turmoil in their lives. Their children are dead. But they don't know if they'll ever see them. They don't believe they'll ever see them again. They don't know if they will, and they don't know where they are. Well, oh, that's I, pretty interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think one thing that you can do with them if they want to imagine. Uh, would you like to imagine? Uh, just go with me. Uh, where a place that is peaceful for you that you were with your child at one time, a very very peaceful memory. Uh, some spot or whatever, and think of them being there. You know, can you go with me there? Does mm-hmm. that does that bring you some peace of putting them there? So one, so. so one of the things that kind of swings mm-hmm. back to what you talked about before in this children's grief. So 
I have a place living in Colorado. I have a place where we put um, some of my husband's ashes. And she was too young to hike up to this mountain when she was when we first did it. And, and when she was old enough, I brought her up there. And we call it the Daddy Rod place, where Daddy Rod is. And even when she was in college and she was, you know, one of her fits that I don't have a boyfriend, I'm not going to make it in life, I'm, you know, one of those. I said, go hike up and visit with Daddy Rod. So we created a place where he is. I mean, it's not a park bench, but it's a place where we just go and we get to visit with him. And and maybe that's what it is. Maybe they, like as you were saying, is create their own place. I like that, Rachel. Not I like that idea that, not a lot. A, not a place where where we've been told by organized religions mm-hmm. or, or told by a book or a story or a counselor that there's a place. Create your own place that is yours to be with. And I call it like it's your sac- your your sacred refuge, you know, like where you can hang out and be alone. I love that. And I love that you said to your daughter, go talk to Daddy Rod, go to that place. I mean, I think that's right. such great advice for children. I did tell her, you know, I've, so- I've solved everything for you. If you want a boyfriend, go talk to him. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of joked it out. But, you know, he's there for you. He Absolutely. may not physically be here for you, but he's, He's your DNA. He'll always be there for you. Exactly. I was just thinking of Central Park, Heidi, where the imaginary... uh, Imagine? Yeah, talk about that a little bit, because that's a place a lot of people go to think about... um, What's his name? John Lennon? Yeah, the Imagine sign on Strawberry Fields on 72nd. You know, Rachel... People go there, and they they think about him. And, and, you know, I love it, because all the benches in Central Park are in honor or or tribute of people that have, have died. And so you can go in the right. park and just sit on one and look at people's tributes to people that have passed on. And, uh, yeah, and it's a great place to honor people. Yeah, I think one of the things that uh, we might think about is the fact that because they, I mean, you don't know if you'll ever see them again. Let them be with you now in your mind, in your spirit, in a good way. And I think that that becomes easier as time goes on. That's very difficult early on because there's so much pain. But being able to think about Scott is a very happy thing for me now. Mm-hmm. So, so Rachel... You know, you talked, you talked earlier about the whole notion of the society and grief. When I go through Central Park, I read the benches. Mm-hmm. And I think more. I'm not the only one that's doing that. Yeah, exactly. So it is becoming more and more common that we can talk about it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So, Rachel, for those out there that are listening that have lost a spouse or a child or a sibling and that are really struggling, what kind of advice would you give them um, as far as how so, to get through there every day? So, you know, I named the book. Thank you for asking that. I, I, I named the book Living with Loss One Day at a Time because it just says what it is. You have up but no choice to live with your loss, whether you want to or not. You just need to work through it yourself. And everybody's journey is different, and everybody's speed of which the journey they take is different. You, The three of us have been doing this for years and years because it's the journey that we decided to take. But if I were to say the one, one thing that I think if you're really living through loss every single day and what's best for you, you need to be you. You need to not let people around you try to fix you because there's nothing really to fix. You just need to try, and I hate the word accept, but you have to move towards saying, this is my life now, and how can I incorporate it all together? And we do it in a lot of special ways. Daddy Rod is very much a part of our lives, and we still call him that. I love that he's you know, Daddy we'll get... Rod. <laughs> That's well, such a positive, happy... Daddy Rod is because I remarried, and my daughter was so young that my husband adopted our daughter. And I, but I needed to have Daddy and Daddy, and it was too confusing. 
So what we always call him Daddy Rod. When I even do presentations, I call him Daddy Rod. I mean, that's his who he is, Daddy Rod. <laughs> I love that. And I also love the fact that, you know what, we have big hearts and we can love many people. We can have two daddies exactly. and two mommies and two this and that. I mean, it's like people will come into our lives and we can love many, many people. But it's just such a positive well, thing when you say Daddy Rod. So thank you for having him <laughs> called that. <laughs> You're welcome. But what's interesting that you say that because there's a lot of people, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners too, that especially if they're widowed, they get pushback because of this whole judgment thing. They get pushback. Is it fair to your deceased spouse that you're doing this and you're doing that? And my husband said it best, and he he just said to somebody once that was doing a little pushback on him, said, you know what, I'm not competing with a dead guy. Mm -hmm, he had exactly. his place, I have my place, and they're never going to overlap. That's so true. I don't compete with my brother at all because he hasn't done anything wrong in over 30 years. <laughs> well, they become saints, don't they? Yes, totally. <laughs> perfect saints. And he used to beat you up, and now he's a saint. Completely. <laughs> so what do you want readers to walk away with after reading your book? I just want them to walk away with hope, and, and you used a word earlier, thrive. You know, we are. We have one shot at this life in front of us. One shot at it, and why not embrace it to the fullest? You know, and, and as I, we, when you introduced me, my tagline really is embracing life's challenges, the expected and the unexpected, because some are expected and some aren't. Even the ones that are expected knock you off your feet, but you just have to embrace them and learn from them. And for me, I would rather have that short time that I had with my husband than no time at all. And I have to just keep telling myself that. And when I'm with his family and we have, you know, it's 20 years later that we have, you know, family challenges and his mom died and just things that happen. It's part of life. And whoever told us life was going to be a piece of cake. Yeah, that's right. So tell us, how do people get your great book, Living, one Lo uh, Living with Loss One Day at a Time? Well, if you could get it anywhere, any bookstore, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anything that's online. But if you buy them through my website, that's that I'm encouraging it. But if you do, I could just sign them. And if it's for somebody else, I do write a gift card so I can fill all that out for you. The, the only, that's the only advantage of getting it on my website is that I will sign it and in, in any way that you want with a special note. Oh, I love that. That's sweet. And what's your website? Uh, www.rachelkadonis.com. It's R-A-C-H-E-L-K-O-D-A-N-A-Z.com. All right. And, Rachel, um, tell us, do you speak at things, and what if you want people to come to your events? I mean, what do you suggest they do? Well, I've a lot of different things and what's very interesting which is telling me why that society is really embracing all types of loss I, i've been speaking at so many different conferences lately that are outside what i call the traditional grief and loss i spoke uh two weeks ago at the colorado culture of health conference it was all day at the convention center and my presentation was what's trending in the workplace life and I talked about how life, I mean, everything that we're doing and every hardship that we have crosses the line into the workplace. So let's embrace it. I love so I, that. Lately, I've been talking on everything. Yesterday, Saturday, I spoke at Face to Face mm -hmm. uh, a conference, and that's on uh, cleft lip and, and palate. Uh, so, you, so you speak at all different events, and like you said, everybody will face adversity and everybody will have loss at some point in their lives. And I love that you are saying we need to embrace life's challenges, and you certainly have done that. 
And we want to thank you so much, Rachel, for being on the show. And please get Rachel's book, Living with Loss One Day at a Time and Grief in the Workplace, A Comprehensive Guide for Being Prepared. Thanks so much, Rachel. Thanks, thank Rachel. Thank you. And we just want to say that if you've lost hope, please lean on mine and Rachel's and Gloria's. And please visit us at opentohope.com and tell your friends and family about it because we're there to support you and help you to find hope after loss. And we want to give a voice to grief and recovery. Thank you. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.